It's Thursday. That means it's time for Crossover Thursday. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals. Cody Davis, <laughs> Locked on Texas. What the hell is going on, man? Do you have enough to talk about? There is so much to discuss ahead of this matchup with two teams that seem to be moving in different directions. Not necessarily bad for tech, for Texans fans. I'm really curious to get Cody's thoughts on the pulse of Houston uh, surrounding the Texas squad. We're going to get into so much. Cody's going to ask us questions about the Cardinals. We're going to ask Cody questions about the Texans. But first, like we do customarily in the first segment of these crossovers, first of all, thank you for making Locked On Crossover Thursday your first listen. We're free and available everywhere. No paywalls. We do some live reads, okay? We got to pay the bills, but there's no paywall, and it will stay that way for the future for the Locked On Podcast Network. So thank you to everybody who listens. Normally in the first segment, we'll kind of do a how did we get here kind of. And, and Cody, let's jump. Let's do this. Let's get it out of the way. We were recording this a day early. News mm-hmm. broke a couple hours ago from John McClain, very well-respected a writer in Houston for 40 years, 40-plus years. Great guy. Had him on shows that I've produced. Um, and other outlets say Deshaun Watson seems to be on the move to Miami, whether it be this week or before the November 2nd trade deadline. Cody, what does this mean for the organization of the Houston Texans on the football field? And what do you think the hall is going to be at all, or if they're the third team is going to be involved, give me the pulse in Houston. Well, first and foremost, I do want to mention it's funny you guys do a how did we get here? And part of the reason why we're talking about Deshaun Watson going to Miami is because about a year ago, they let a guy you guys love now by the name of DeAndre Hopkins go mm. to Arizona for not even a bag of chips, but maybe just for one peanut. But that's neither here or there. But, you know, according to, as you mentioned, John McClain of the Houston Chronicle, um, he reported on yesterday that. Deshaun Watson, the Houston Texans, they are ramping up the trade that will send Deshaun Watson to Miami. And there are a lot of moving pieces. I actually had an opportunity to speak to a source and they told me that the Texans and Miami are trying their hardest to bring in a third team because Miami doesn't have all of the assets that they need in order to pull a trigger um, to get to Sean Watson. And I have been told that the Washington football team is a team that is going to try to get themselves in the midst of things because, look, if Deshaun Watson goes to Miami, what are you going to do with Tua? And I've also been told that the Houston Texans are not high on Tua, which means he's going to have to find a new home. And, of course, Washington, they are also in need for a quarterback. And look, this is what I've been saying for the longest ever since the trade rumors regarding Deshaun Watson started, but even more so after all of his off-field issues started to take place. Yes, we don't know what's going to happen with this, but at the end of the day, I don't think, and I have been told that whatever Deshaun Watson has gone on off the field, unless more stuff come out, it's not going to be nothing that's going to you know, prevent him from playing football in the NFL for an extremely long time. And they are still trying to work out that aspect of things. But what I've always said, when you look at Deshaun Watson on the field, you were talking about at worst, what, a top four quarterback in this entire league, maybe five, but I'm going to say four. And Deshaun Watson is a generational talent. And 
Nick Casario has said time and time again that he is asking for multiple first round picks. He's asking for young players that he can actually, you know, the team that can actually develop and they could be a foundational piece to their rebuild. And not to mention with the release of Whitney Merciless that took place this week, um, a couple weeks ago by the trade of Bradley Roby. This is an organization that has started the youth movement. So they're looking for guys that can actually be a part of this rebuild, the foundational piece, and of course, a plethora of draft picks that is actually going to help this organization in their rebuild. And once again, I get it, the off-field issues, there's a lot going on on that, but as we all know, Deshaun Watson as a talent, I mean, hell, this man had possibly one of the best season four quarterback, and it only resulted in a four and 12 season. And that was only because the Texans just demolished everything else around there, around, around the players that he was playing with out there on the field. But Deshaun Watson, as a talent as a whole, the Texans deserve everything they need in order to depart from Deshaun Watson. I feel like this ramps up. Every other week, every couple of weeks, there's a team that's good. Yeah, be- it does. <laughs> yeah, Cody, and it came back. It came back on Wednesday. And Cody had some great insight on that. And Washington football team entered the chat. And we've seen things, rumblings as far as Denver could be a third team as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, conflicting reports. So how do you think something's actually going to happen this week? Could um, I, I think so. You know, because you take a look at Miami. They are one in five, and they're probably arguably the most disappointing team in the league this year. You know, I don't think none of us had the expectation of them being a championship contender, but we at least thought for sure that this was going to be uh, a dark horse. Let's say that, especially, you know, a team that's going to be very good to be in the playoffs, especially when you go back and take a look how they ended the season last year. They're sitting at one in five. Tua, healthy or not, he isn't giving them – he isn't showing the promise that he showed them last year. So – it, it kind of put them in a situation where they're going to try to, I guess, kind of like save what's left of their season. Of course, on the flip side of the thing for Miami, and this is what I originally thought the Texans would do, just wait until the offseason to move Deshaun. If you move Deshaun in the offseason, then there's a possibility where Miami might miss out on the possibility of getting a top five quarterback in the league because that puts other teams in a situation um, like a Denver, you know, like a Miami. Maybe they might want to do a one-off trade with the Texans to give them everything that they want, you know, in order to get Deshaun Watson to Washington. So it's like they will kind of put themselves in a situation where they have a little bit more competition in order to get their hands on Deshaun. And of course, with the NFL trade deadline, what now, what, two and a half weeks away? Um, it it kind of makes sense for the Texans to move on from Deshaun Watson now. Um, on a scale to one to ten, I would give the possibility of Deshaun Watson getting moved before the trade deadline, I would give it like a good six and a half. Because, like you mentioned, every single what every two to three weeks, it seems like we get an update about his off-field issues. Or we get an update about, you know, these trade rumors. But, you know, just looking at the timing of everything, you know, from what I've been told, of course, from from what John McClain and even Mark Berman, you know, you're talking about two of the top sports reporters in Houston, especially John McClain, who is a a football Hall of Famer on the journalism side. You know, it kind of put everything in perspective just a little bit more. Alex Clancy Bobrock, Locked on Cardinals. Follow him at Bob Rack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Cody Davis locked on Texans at Cody Davis underscore 24. Is that right? 
Cody Davis underscore 24. Luckily, my brain is with me. Thank you, Bo. Um, coming up next, Cody's going to ask us some questions. It's probably going to be oh, some JJ Watt. Players, right? He's going to ask about a couple of players that, that he used to cover for a long time, right? All right I, I if, if you let me get the sentence out, that's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, God forbid but, somebody else talk on this show. <laughs> well, we do that for a reason. Uh, he, <laughs> welcome to our life, Cody. Um, Joe, Bo, what are the two names that he's going to ask us about? Uh, some guy on the offensive side of the football, and then I think another guy on the defensive side of the football. May or may not have combined numbers of 109. Let's put it that way. 99 and 10. That's the math. Huh. Coming up next, we're going to, Cody's going to ask us what he wants and uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, first, I got to tell you about rock auto, something else that's very fun. Um, I don't know anything about cars. If you've listened to us for any extended period of time, you know that RockAuto.com has me covered. Okay. I don't have to go to a chain storefront and ask people questions that I don't know the answer to as a 38 year old man. Um, I don't get upcharged 30, 50, hundred percent at times because they have trouble keeping parts in stock. RockAuto.com doesn't have any of those issues. Go to RockAuto.com. Family-owned business. They've been online for 20 years. They've got everything. They won't upcharge you. Their prices are reliably low. Whether it's for your daily driver or your do-it-yourselfer on the weekends, you know, you have the thing you're fixing up that you want to drive around, RockAuto.com has everything you need, and everything gets delivered right to your front door. Go to RockAuto.com, right? Locked on there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all righty ladies and gentlemen we are back with this crossover edition of locked on texans and locked on cardinals and look this is possibly going to be the most emotional game for not only me as a as a reporter but i feel bad for the fans because normally when a game like this happens, you go up against a guy that used to be the foundational piece for your organization it's just on one side of the ball but the Houston Texans put themselves in a position where it's two. And, of course, we're talking about DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt. Now, Bo, I'm going to start with you. How has J.J. Watt been? Because it, his sacks numbers doesn't tell the whole story. I know some people looking at his numbers and they are saying, well, J.J. Watt is washed. I believe he only has like one sack on a year, if I'm not mistaken. But the dynamic that he has brought to that defensive line has really upgraded the defense that you guys have. That was already good to begin with. Do you want the truth? <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, I yes. You ready for it? I, I can break it to you gently or I can be completely <laughs> honest. and Just be honest because we know. J.J. <laughs> Watt and Alex will echo these sentiments has, has transformed this locker room. In, in his, his, as far as his leadership, it transcends the playing field. And you're exactly right in, in what you were alluding to as far as his stats in the box score, they don't show the the entire it, the entirety of the impact that JJ Watt makes on this Arizona Cardinals defense and its entire roster, you know, up and down. And yeah, just one sack, but you know, I can point out to you a ton of uh just game film where he makes quarterbacks uncomfortable, like Trevor Lawrence in particular of the Jacksonville Jaguars, where he made a bad throw. And Byron Murphy was able to, it was easy pickings. I for remember that play. I remember six. that play. Yeah. I mean, JJ Watt is pretty much in the middle of every big play on defense that the Arizona Cardinals have pretty much had all season long. And so, you know, his impact, yeah, absolutely is, is bigger than the box score. Sure, it's nice when he racks up the sack, he gets the strip sack of Baker Mayfield. Uh, and then, of course, we know the good guy that he is. He's making sure that Baker Mayfield's okay as he's, you know, writhing in pain on the, on the field. So, 
JJ mm-hmm. Watt has been the absolute truth. He's as advertised. Everything that you guys told us from Houston was exactly right and has come back even more so. I mean, JJ Watt's been fantastic. Alex, anything else to add to that? I mean, it's tough to just kind of condense it into a couple minutes. I'm not going to say anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Alex, to that point, on the (laughs) other side of the ball, you know, you guys only had J.J. Watt for six weeks, but you had DeAndre Hopkins for a season and a half now. On that same question, how has DeAndre Hopkins actually helped transcend the offense, which, I mean, six weeks in, maybe with the exception of Buffalo, can you name a better offense than what you guys are doing down there in Arizona? So I'm going to take you back to a time. Okay. It was 11 a.m. local time. And we saw over the, over the Twitter sphere that Adam Schefter said, David Johnson's being traded to the, to the Houston Texans. I'm like, sweet. Take the money. We'll give you a second round pick. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, you know what? I'm sorry. We'll Brock Osweiler it for you. We'll give you a second oh round gosh. pick. Take him off of our hands for the, you know, 30 or $20 million left guaranteed on his contract, whatever it was. And then you see the DeAndre Hopkins was coming back. This is what I did. Holy F, I said that out loud. I called Bo and I said, holy F, do you see what just happened? Yeah. And DeAndre Hopkins has been my favorite receiver in the NFL since he really, really started showing like he's a new Andre Johnson. He's mm-hmm. a new Larry Fitzgerald. Like the, the similarities are ridiculous. And what's what solidified it for me was not the double spin move in overtime to set up the field goal. It was, oh, it was, it was the right-handed tip over the defensive back to catch it with his left hand and toe touch in the back of the end zone. That was it for me. I will marry him. Give me his <laughs> ring. Give me a ring size. Like you are now married to me as my favorite wide receiver. And then the fact that he came over to the Cardinals, because really he's never been appreciated. Like he was, he got the target share. And that's the thing that Bowen, that I've been struggling with. He's not getting the target share here that he was with Deshaun, but he's part of a unit now that he's never been a part of. He's part Mm, of a team that he's never been a part of because as good as those Texan teams were, we know here what top heavy looks like. Mm -hmm. And they were top heavy in great spots. Brian Cushing in the middle before he got popped. JJ Watt in his prime. Deshaun Watson, you know, but you, you know, who did he have yet? Will Fuller when he was healthy? Who was the number two over? Like, he has options for defensive backs to defend, not named DeAndre Hopkins with the Cardinals. And I think that's the biggest evolution of him is seeing winning from a front row in a culture where he's not compared to former Florida tight ends who played with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's not being compared to that in, in back in, in back row conversations that leaked out with Bill, Bill O'Brien. I mean... Long-winded to say, it's incredible having him part of this ecosystem and part of the culture that's constantly uh, shifting here with the Cardinals. Mm. They're fitting in. They're fitting in pretty well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you guys are six and we're not trying to. We're trying not to pile on. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, I don't know. (laughs) It's it's good. It's good. Um, you know, and this is a question for both of you guys because this is something I'm real intrigued about about Arizona, and I'm glad that. Um, Alex, you actually touched on it that, you know, you guys know what top heavy look look like. And of course we do down here in Houston, going back a couple of years ago, how it, it seems like part of the reason why you guys are so good is because you guys have multiple 
players who can fill in at every single position and actually dominate on both sides of the ball. You know, a lot of times when you take a look at a team that's as good as Arizona is right now, it seems like it's like, okay, they're top heavy and they're only good on one side of the ball. But it's because, you know, you take a look at the defensive line. Like I am terrified of what this defensive line is going to do, you know, <laughs> with, with, with JJ Watt and Chandler Jones. I'm like, man, can you guys just talk about, you know, just, covering the team and how dangerous this team is, the fact that they have talent all the way out on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and, and I know uh, Alex actually had a recently uh, a pretty good just thought on this as far as why they're having so much success. But I think that it's just it's a mix of everything. It's it's good scouting. It's uh, good development. It's patience with the head coach and, and young players. And uh, it's also a mix of you can throw in their luck. I think luck mm -hmm. is a big thing that plays in this, that guys that you can tap into and trust your scouts on that AJ Green hasn't lost the step that you thought he lost. Or guys like Jordan Hicks can still play at a high level at the linebacker position and have the faith that Isaiah Simmons, despite struggling his rookie year, that he's going to figure it out in his second year. And, you know, uh, that Byron Murphy could be a cornerback one in this league. And, you know, you can rely on that. And some people would call that naive, but also you can become lucky and that those guys can that can come to fruition. And I think a lot of that has gone the Arizona Cardinals way. And each and every year there's an NFL team that that happens to. And in 2021, it seems like the Arizona Cardinals are that team. And uh, we're just kind of trying to drink it in. But I think that that's kind of what we're trying to get to. It's 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 a big mix of it. But Alex, your thoughts, you know, your tweet today, I thought was pretty insightful on, on some of the success that they're having in the, in the depth that they have. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is new, you know, it, it's new and it's really to succinctly put it. And it, we just kind of came into happenstance with this. This wasn't something that we've been tracking. It's like, well, you look at the roster right ahead of preseason, every young player has a veteran buddy to help them. I mean, from Kyler Murray, Colt McCoy is one of the most underrated, undervalued signings that the Cardinals, the Cardinals had this year because now mm. he's got another brain that's not Cliff Kingsbury that knows how to run the offense and is a, an adult in the quarterback room. The wide receivers have AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins. The offensive line has a big brother in Rodney Hudson. Even though they're, they're a little bit older, Rodney Hudson, look at what happened with the offensive line since that happened. But most importantly, it's J.J. Watt, it's Chandler Jones, for Z and Jordan Hicks for Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. That's the big one. Because their their success, the Cardinals' success on defense is directly correlated to those two young adults becoming NFL men very quickly, and we're seeing with Isaiah Simmons quickly as Zayvon Collins not so much. But you have like it's like the Big Brother thing where every position, aside from maybe the secondary, because Malcolm Butler was supposed to be that Buda Baker has kind of stepped into that role. They've got the elder statesman for the same position they play on the same roster and it's been they're six and all you yeah. know it's like you can match the brain with the brawn it's like you've got the yeah. old vet who's going to know how to play the angles and he's seen it all before as far as how a, a, an offense is going to attack you or how a defense is going to attack you and then you've got the guys who can do it with the athleticism you, the guy is a simmons the zaylins the guys out there jalen thompson byron murphy and then you got the robert alfords and uh jordan hicks and just a slew of veterans that you can kind of re rely upon to kind of give you some insight. Mm, mm, mm. Last question before we flip things over to the Houston Texans side of things really quick. Where do you guys think Kyler Murray is saying a guy? I, I've always been a fan of Kyler Murray, by the way. Where do you guys think um, Kyler Murray stands in terms of the MVP race so far this season? Uh, so. Yeah. 
he's in the mix. He's he's definitely in the mix. We've seen this before. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he came out of the gates hot last year and had a hot start, and it's it's going to come down to him staying healthy and this uh, and being able to play that game of chess. You know, when when the NFL defenses adjust to him, he's got to be able to make his moves and make his adjustments to where he can uh, have just as much success on the back end of this as he has in the beginning. But I think that this this roster is more equipped for that sustained success as well. I mean, we talk about the plethora of playmakers, an embarrassment of riches, but, you know, four wide receivers that you can tap into. Haven't even mentioned Zach Ertz today. He continues to be the forgotten guy. You hope that defenses forget about him as much as we forget to talk about him sometime because it's just kind of like pinch me. I can't believe that a three-time Pro Bowl tight end was just picked up for a fifth-round pick and now is entering this offense. It's it's crazy, especially with how the Texans struggle against the tight end. It could be a pretty good, uh, you know, debut for the guy. So it's, it's you know, I, I think Kyler Murray is going to continue to be in the mix the entire season for the for the MVP. Yeah, fine. It's the have and the have nots right now. Okay, it's not going to always be like this. This wasn't. It wasn't like this. 600 days ago it was completely different it's gonna get better cody davis i promise um just to put a button on that before before we shift to asking you questions um the kyler murray could get dacked is what we're looking at here because if the cowboys make the playoffs he's going to win the mvp like i feel like unless kyler continues to blow the roof off and the cardinals win 14 games and it's undeniable there has to be a reason to not give Dak Prescott the MVP because that's what everybody wants. That's what ESPN wants. That's what the national media wants. That's what the checkbooks of every TV partner wants because that's the best for business decision. That's it. And it, and it also validates Jerry Jones for paying him finally. Like all of the things are lining up for that to happen. I think Kyler Murray is the most valuable player to his team personally, but Maybe I'm a little bit biased. Coming up next, we are going to ask Cody Davis at Cody Davis underscore 24. What's going on in Houston? We can talk about restaurants. We can talk about the nightlife down there. Or we can talk about the Houston Texans, which is exactly what we're going to do. But first, Bo Brock, why don't you tell me and be gentle what the line is potentially for the Arizona Cardinals welcoming the Houston Texans on Sunday, according to (laughs) betonline.ag. I can't believe it. it makes you double, triple take. Uh, BetOnline.ag has this spread, and then it's actually risen from 16 to 17 and a half. Arizona Cardinals home favorites over the Houston Texans, 17 and a half. Looking at the total on this game, 47 kind of low. So that's the expectations that, you know, are the Texans going to be able to, you know, add to the point total and reach the over on that one? So 47. Intriguing. I mean, I don't know which way to go because, and that's the reason is it's to entice some action, and it's the only place you can find it, the safest place to bet online. Bet online, it remains your number one spot for basketball, football action this season. Yeah, the NBA tipped the other night. Head to the new updated desktop mobile website. Sign up today, receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code Locked On, one word, and receive your bonus. Put in hundred bucks, you get fifty bucks to play around with. Build your stack basketball, football, baseball, playoffs, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season and beyond. Bet online's the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. <clears throat> all right. Locked on Cardinals, locked on Texans, crossover edition, Bo Brock, Cody Davis, Alex Clancy, and you know, when I look at this Texans team, Cody, 
and this is being kind. It just very, <laughs> it does remind me about of the 2018 Arizona Cardinals, and there is a, mm. there is a common denominator there, and it's and it's David Johnson, and nobody's expecting a David Johnson revenge game come Sunday, but you know, Davis Mills is kind of in the spot that Josh Rosen was at that point, where they're just going to try to figure out can this guy play? Am I wrong by by saying that? Can he can he play beyond 2021? Can he be an NFL caliber starting quarterback? I will say if I'm a betting man who's the Texans starting quarterback is going to be for next year, I would say it's going to be Davis Mills. And I say that because, look, we already know if the trade go down with Deshaun Watson, um, unless they get – I don't know. Let's say if something happened, if they do end up getting to a back, which I don't think that's going to happen, um, the Texans are going to need a new franchise quarterback. And when you take a look at the quarterbacks, that's been, you know, the, the, the bad job that a lot of these guys, especially Spencer Spence Rattler. I mean, at the beginning of the season, we had a running joke here in Houston that we all just going to rock for Rattler. And that's definitely not going to happen now. But, um, you know, there's nobody out there in the college football landscape that you can say, okay, we're going to draft him with, the top overall pick in next year's draft and to give him the keys of the franchise. And plus you also got to take a look at the situation that Davis Mills is a project quarterback and he has shown that he has promise. Let's just say that, you know, there's been times he's went out there and it's like, Oh God, what in the world did the Houston Texans get themselves into? But there are certain moments where you can say, okay, if he could sustain this level of play, he can he can at least be a decent starting quarterback for this organization until they find the right guy who can be the next franchise player after Deshaun Watson. And all I would do is tell you guys to go back and take a look at the game against the New England Patriots. That was the game I, I went on record. A couple of people got after me, but I went on record and I called him the best rookie quarterback for that week because he did outplay Mac Jones despite the loss. And he did outplay all the other rookie quarterbacks who was starting around the league. I think that was week five, if I'm not mistaken. And then it also it, it also brought even a little bit more value to his play because he did it against Bill Belichick. And we all know Bill Belichick loved to just torture rookie quarterbacks, but Davis Mills did do good and he also did good in the first half against the indianapolis colts however on the flip side of things the bad version of davis mills is what you see in the second half a guy who is trying to force plays too much and when davis mills is forcing plays too much that is when you get the four and fives interceptions like we saw in the game against the um buffalo bills i mean on if i had to grade his performance since he has taken over for tyrod taylor i would give him let's say a B minus just because one, he was thrown in to the line of fire. He has held his own and I would give him credit for that. Um, I have seen some promise. He, he does look like he has made some correction on a lot of issues that I saw throughout OTAs and training camp, but on the flip side of things, once again, when you look at the Houston Texans moving forward, I don't see them in a position where they're going to bring in a bring in a quarterback that's going to rival and challenge his starting position next year. Cody Davis locked on Texans. Um, give me a bright spot. Give give me give me somebody that I mean, like. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, like you know, so like so so from the outside. Before you answer the question, from the outside, you signed the car. The Texans signed every running back on free agent market. Every single one. That's been horrible, by the way. So what was it? It was Philip Lindsay, David John, or David Johnson was already Philip Lindsay, um, Mark Ingram, right? And Rex Burkhead is there too. 
right? Yes, so he's 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 perennially uh, hurt. Um, Brandon Cooks, I would guess, is the bright spot. But is there somebody that you're like, you know what? When everything else is in in flames, there's one person that I enjoy watching and watching the growth. Young person, veteran. Is there somebody that you watch? You're like, man, I'm happy that person is on the Houston Texans. John Grenard, you know, that guy, he was a guy who came in when he was drafted last year. They had him as a linebacker. But the one thing I will give the Texans credit, they did brought in, bring in a pretty solid coaching staff. And this coaching staff has done a pretty good job in developing um, a lot of the young players that we have out there on the team. And when Lovey Smith got here as the defensive coordinator, he made some changes. And one of the changes that he made to John Grenard is switching him from a linebacker to a defensive end. And ever since John Grenard has been out there on the field, I think he missed like the first two games due to an ankle injury. But this guy has been getting after the quarterbacks. This guy has been causing a lot of disruption in the opposing team backfield. I think every single game this season he has recorded a sack. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe he is um, leading the team in sacks with I think four and four and a half. And because of his emergence is a part of the reason why we saw the release of Whitby Merciless. And it's a little bit part of the reason why, because there's more to this story, part of the reason why Charles Minu has had not one but two healthy scratches moving forward. So John Grenard has been one of the few bright spots I would say the Houston Texans have. I will also like to throw Lonnie Johnson Jr. in because prior to the game against the Indianapolis Colts, this was a guy that had not one but two straight games of recorded interceptions, making plays on the ball, being really physical. I don't want to hold his play against Indianapolis to him too much because Regardless of how good he was playing, the Houston Texans thought it was a good idea to bench him, and I'm pretty sure that got to him a little bit mentally and emotionally. It is part of the reason why we saw him take a little bit of a step back last Sunday. But, you know, even, you know, beyond his play against Indianapolis, I, I would also like to throw Lonnie Johnson Jr. in that mix as well. Cody, uh, last question here. What's the path to victory look like? Is there one for the Texans in this game against the Cardinals? The path to victory, I will have to say, how can I put this? If we go back in time and we get, <laughs> let's say, 1993 Warren Moon, I think that was the year he won MVP. Yeah. Um, I want to say we go back and get, I think, the best version of J.J. Watt. We actually cloned J.J. Watt and bring in, I think, his best version was, I think, 2013 to 2014. Um, we also get the best version of DeAndre Hopkins, which I think in Houston could be any year. And we have to go back and get Aaron Foster from 2012. If we go back in time, like back in the future, and bring all those guys back and suit them up for the Houston Texans, get them activated, of course, in 2021. They got to take their COVID test. If they don't catch COVID and, <laughs> you know, traveling along this time space, I will say the Houston Texans will at least have a chance to win this game. But, of course, that's not going to happen. So to answer your question, there is no path to victory. You know what's crazy is Bo has a better chance of being a good co-host than that actually happened, which is very rare that Bo is actually able to circumvent any yeah. sort of bad thing from happening. Um, thanks Invent for doing this, man. A time thanks, for, thanks for hanging with us, at least. Uh, no problem, man. I love talking football. I love doing crossovers. But, man, this one hurt. I'm not going to lie. This yeah. one hurts. And it's going to – I think this one is going to be the tip of the iceberg for um, Texans fans this week because we're going to be reminded of what – we had what we could have had moving forward. So, 
One of the most intriguing stories in sports right now, Deshaun Watson. Make sure you're following our guy Cody Davis on Twitter for all the updates. And that little nugget that Washington football team could be a third team involved at Cody Davis underscore 24. Thank you for making this Thursday crossover your first listen today. Check out uh, Alex on Locked On NFL today. He's hosting with his co-host Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans. You guys are talking about your previewing Thursday Night Football, all that great stuff. And, of course, check out uh, Locked On Texans for the remainder of the week. Get you geared up for this contest. Alex, Cody, anything else before we get out of here? I miss J.J. Watt. And DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Every time I see the highlights, oh, man, like that move that he put on Cleveland, like the move oh. D-Hop put on Cleveland. Oh, was, oh gosh. I, I'm, I'm scared, like man. I'm scared. It was man, unbelievable. Oh. And Other- where did he come from? <laughs> Houston. Him and James were pretty cool. Man, come Bo, on, man. you are just salting right come now. Come on, man. Oh, what? It hurts. Hey, did it the hurts. Astros cheat? Should we just keep going? <laughs> <laughs> no, the Astros didn't cheat, man. They proven that they did it. Cause they still in it. Hey, it, if Jordan, it hurts, play, man. If Jordan did, played in those two years, the Rockets would have won. <laughs> wouldn't have won championships. Like, are we gonna keep doing it? No, no, no I think I think the Rockets would have got one. You know, I think they would have got one. So, All right, we see. Do it for us three. It's a locked on crossover Thursday. Locked on Texans. Locked on Cardinals. Check us all out wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube. Guys, have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll talk to you on Friday.